Hey everyone, welcome to episode 209 of the All Offense Podcast. The one making the goofy faces over there. That's Omar. I am Poopart, not making goofy faces. The one with the Montreal hat on his head, even though he just got a fresh haircut. Show the people the fresh haircut. There you go. Yeah, he's got a full head of hair, no bald spots, no nothing. And he just he just prefers to have a, a cap stapled to his head. Yeah, I prefer the it's it's too much forehead. Prefer to have prefer to have the hat. So okay. we'll go with the hat. For those who do not like the hat, sorry. Sorry. Oh, says the kitty. Um, this episode is dedicated to us breaking down something that popped off last weekend in terms of Greg Jennings, who we, um, he's a Fox analyst, and we covered him here for one season with the Dolphins during the Adam Gase era. Um, and he did a quarterback ranking that kind of hit the hornet's nest, and we will forever continue to discuss Tua Tongvailoa and where he stands in the quarterback hierarchy, and we'll do that in this episode. But first, let's get to the history lesson that we've got from Alan Poupard, who will take us down memory lane. Back to 2009. This was the season after the Dolphins surprised the entire NFL by going from 1-15 to 11-5 to win the AFC's title, and they were saddled. You want to talk about tough schedules? They opened that season with three consecutive games against playoff teams from the previous years, including at Atlanta to start off with. They were against Indianapolis at home, and then they were at the Chargers. Uh, all the three of those teams had made the playoffs the year before. Didn't start off well. The Dolphins started off 0-3. Worse, Chad Pennington went down with the first of a couple of injuries that ultimately would end his career. Chad Ennie had to come in as his replacement. Dolphins wound up going 7-9, and I want to say. Mm-hmm. Not a hell of a whole of a lot stood out from that game ex- from that season, except I want to say that was the year. And Omar, you got the media guide. Yes, where they beat the Jets thirty to twenty-five uh, in a November game with Ted Ginn scoring not once but twice on a kickoff return of a hundred yards. Yes, so, that that was November the first. Um, I think what stood out to me about that season, Ricky Williams was back from one of his many suspensions. Uh, they were still executing the Wildcat. And re- I believe Ronnie Brown went down with a Liz Frank injury against Carolina. Look at me. I'm, I'm showing off now. Oh, look at uh, you. Um, and Ricky Williams finished that season rushing for 1,100 yards and scored 11 touchdowns. And I remember at the end of the season uh, when he was basically on fumes, Bill Parcells gave him an empty gas can. Uh, he did. He did. Yes. Yes. Uh, basically, how much do you have left in the tank, old man? Um, which is what Parcells said to him. Um, Parcells would do all kinds of things like that to needle you. Um, mm-hmm. He'd do that to the media as well. He'd sit. He tell. He, he asked me. He tell me he wrapped. He wrapped fish with one of my columns the other day. Uh, just he would. He would walk by and he'd just say some something that stab you right in the ribs. It was like a jail shank, and he, it was a. Uh, it, w- it was always a humbling, a humbling statement. Um, we want that, we want to talk about guys who necessarily not wouldn't score very high grades in terms of interpersonal relationships. And he might be one. Oh no 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 no! I disagree with you. I disagree with you there. Um, while he was uh, abrasive, no, he, all, all the players loved him. And you won't find many players that did not like him, publicly or privately. And he was he was as about as sandpaper as it comes. But I think he is 
he is this, but he cared, which is. But I also think that it was more about respect than it was about affection, uh, if we're going to be honest about it. Um, since we don't want to spend too much time on the, the history lesson, because some of you folks out there don't care for those. Uh, I do remember a Thursday night game against Carolina. They won 24-17, and Ricky had like maybe three touchdowns and really stole the show. First round pick that year was Vontae Davis. Second round pick was the Dolphins doubling up on cornerbacks with Sean Smith. Great which strategy. Looked, which looked for a while like a really, really good starting tandem until kind of went by the wayside. Sean Smith was a, left as a free agent. And Vontae Davis, as we all know, was traded to the Colts. And I, I I support both moves. But, yeah, and Miami went through a little bit of a nightmarish period at cornerback for a little while and eventually found their way. But, yes, that, that was uh, – you, and, and, you can say it until they got Brent Grimes. <laughs> I'll say it for you. I'll save you the trouble. I'll say it for you. Yeah, it was kind of a, a lull a little bit at cornerback until Brent Grimes came on the scene in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to remember if Jason Taylor was on that team or off that team because, you, you know, that during that – now Jason Taylor would tell you was not like ourselves. Correct. In 09 he was back. Yes, 09 he was back. Uh, started 15 games, pretty much replaced Philip Merlin. You are right. 10 he um, was gone, 11 he was back. Yeah, and, and really Parcells. It was him in a personal beef with Parcells, and, but Tony Sperano loved him and kept wanting to bring him back. And the, him and Parcells. The huh? Dancing with the Stars was the beef. That Jason Taylor wanted to do that in the offseason and Bill Parcells. It, 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 I, I agree with you. That. Yeah, but Jason always wanted out. And D- Jason wanted out at that point. And Parcells was banishing all veterans. I mean, the first order of business was to cut Zach Taylor, Zach Thomas. Come on. Like, that was that was a real harsh reality. Remember when they cut all the veterans? No, when, that, was, that was before. Zach was gone Was gone after 20 years. Yeah, but, but oh, no, Parcells was banishing and challenging everybody who was pushing his authority. Everybody who could push back. Anyway, let's bring it back. back. Let's bring it back to 2024. The big story, the the evolving story around the Dolphins these days is a search for a new defensive coordinator to replace McFangio, who, by the way, officially became head coach, no way, I mean head coach, DC, no way, of the Philadelphia Eagles on Saturday. Who could have predicted that, right, Omar? Yeah, I think the the paperwork was signed on Friday. Like, yeah, (laughs) it, it was... It was old news. It was a it was a mutual breakup. You know, both parties. Nobody got dumped. Both parties just decided this wasn't for us, um, and they moved on. And I think that they're fine with that. Now the question is, who will be the replacement for uh, Vic Fangio? And you've got some le- some new candidates. Yep, we have a new one reported uh, to be scheduled for an interview, and it's the first identified in-house candidate. You and I both think that Ronaldo Hill and Anthony Campanelli will get a look if they haven't already. But the one, the first identified is outside linebackers coach Ryan Slowick. Not to be confused with Bobby Slowick, who was the offensive coordinator with the Houston Texans, who's getting an awful lot of buzz as a future head coach. Are they candidate. related? They're brothers. And oh, their father is a longtime NFL assistant coach. Bob Slowick was now coaching in the Canadian Football League. So Ryan Slowick will join Brandon Staley and Bobby Babich, linebackers coach of the Buffalo Bills, as the identified candidate scheduled to get interviews. This has the looks of a search that could take a while. 
I, I don't necessarily know if, if Mike McDaniel should be in a rush. And let me share why I don't think he should be in a rush. Um, ultimately, uh, we know that Mike McDaniel does not have regards to coaching his defense or uh, uh, or the desire to have a heavy involvement in defense. Um, they're going to be some changing pieces of that defense, particularly if Christian Wilkins does not come back. And I, I don't think that that's a possibility. I think that Miami will either work out a long-term contract or franchise tag him. Anything else is just asinine. I hope that doesn't violate the YouTube gods. Um, and it, 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 and here's the thing I will, I will say, we all know that head coaches have three to four year windows to pretty much get what the first tier of, of the goal of, of the franchise, you know, reach the first tier, first tier for the Miami Dolphins is win a playoff game. Let's say next year, the Miami Dolphins return have some pieces that are not exactly ideal in defense, and they take a step back from the 10th-ranked defense under Vic Fangio to the 16th or 17th or 18th-ranked defense, do you think that Mike McDaniel can take on that water of, let's say, not producing a winning season or not getting to the playoffs because the defense is, you got to be dragging the defense along? Uh, I don't think he can. So that's why I think it has to be somebody you know is going to come in, get the job done, and hit a home run. Um, so, and you know, resources is not an issue. Um, if it's Brandon Staley, and and I know some fans have their opinions of Brandon Staley, I personally, you know, I want a veteran head coach um, to take over that position because one of the things that I always have an issue is is coaches who don't know what they don't know, and they don't have somebody that they can lean on. And right now, there is absolutely nobody that Mike McDaniel can lean on on his staff for guidance and wisdom and for shared experiences. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to Chris Greer uh, to lean on how to manage my roster or manage personnel and manage. that. That's just not what I'm doing. No offense to Chris, but I'm sorry. If, if you were that good, your track record would be a little bit better. Yeah, and uh, along those lines, though, Ryan Slowick does not have any – head coaching yeah. experience. He does not have any defensive coordinator experience. Yeah. Um, so if we're going by that model, I mean, it's, it's one of hey. those where you're taking a shot as you see somebody's potential. And, and this is a projection as opposed to getting a guy who's got some established body of work. But in do, that we, do we need to be, re, do we, do we need to be feeding off potential and upside at this very particular moment? Oh no, I agree with you. But this this is you and I talking. Yes, Mike Daniel yes. and Chris Greer may have a very different opinion. Where you're tr you're right. And, 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 and truthfully speaking, Steve Ross as an owner has a very different opinion. He wants young, unproven, hungry. That that is has always been his preference. He has never hidden that. He said that on the record all the time. That's why you've seen every single head coach that he's hired be a young, unproven first time head coach. That, and that is how he hires for his businesses as well. So we will see. No, correct, because the last time he hired a head coach who had previous NFL head coaching experience was Dave Wanstead. It wasn't him. It was Isaiah. It wasn't him. Yeah, yeah it was no. Isaiah. He's, um, never, he's never done it. Also should be pointed out that if we're talking about Mike McDaniel heading into his third season – the two coaches before him were gone after their third season, Adam Gase and Brian Flores, three and out. Um, 
obviously McDaniel having started with two consecutive playoff seasons, maybe that's bought him some more time. But mm-hmm. if, there's a, if there's a step back in 2024. No, well, yeah, no, no let's not do that because I'm sorry. Even if you take a step back in 2024, you shouldn't be ousted after two winning seasons. Um, but I do believe, and I have not hidden the fact of saying this, um, depending on what you do and the moves that you make this offseason, you only have the 2024 window. Like the, the books, the roster, um, it, it's it's barren and you're you're staring at a reset. You are if, if 2024 does not go right, you are staring at a, a reset. And the question is, will that reset include the change of a GM? And will the change of a GM include the change of a coach? And you know Steve Ross doesn't make ch- sweeping change all at one time. Um, so he doesn't do that. That is not what he does. He's not going to do it. Um, so more than likely, if the 2024 season is a bust, uh, that would probably be Chris Greer's last as the executive of the Miami Dolphins. And then Steve Ross is going to tell him the, G- the new GM to come in and say, okay, figure out. What it is, take a season to figure out what it is you like and what it is you need and reset the roster. But Mike McDaniel is safe. We know how Steve Ross operates. And then Mike McDaniel is in a win or lose your job role. And I think that's just the nature of the NFL and where things are. Except, again, I, I don't, I, w- I wouldn't make such a definitive statement because Adam Gase had a playoff season his first year as Dolphin head coach. Mm hmm. And then in 2017, he had the excuse of losing, of not having Ryan Tannehill the entire year. Mm-hmm. And things didn't get much better in 2018. And then he was gone. Okay. So I, and I'm however, not, I'm not however, however, time out, time out, time out, time out. He got fired because his players did not want him back. That was. Yeah, but it's also Stephen Ross's decision to make. It's Stephen Ross's decision. But when you're, once your players don't want you back, it's a done deal. You might as well stick a fork in it. And then you could art make the argument Brian Flores did not get fired for performance. Brian Flores got fired for insubordination and not being on the same philosophical playing page as as the owner. So that was a both of them are very unique situations. What we know in the NFL now is once your players say you're done, you're cooked, stick a fork in it. You either have to change the entire roster or you change the coach. A lot easier to change the coach than it is to change the entire roster. And then, obviously, with Brian Flores, that was uh, real. Yeah, we don't, we, don't need, we don't need to go over, over that. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, owner walking around on eggshells around his head coach and vice versa, I'm not sure that's going to work That's gonna work out well. Um, right now, there is no rift between Mike McDaniel and and and, and Steve Ross. Um Mm-mm. Steve Ross, I, and I'm looking forward to the NFL owners meeting. Uh, you can tell me where it is. Where is it? Is it here? Palm Beach? Mm, I don't believe so. I want to say it's in Arizona. Ooh, okay. Um, all right. Then I won't be looking forward to the NFL owners meeting. Um, it is primarily Steve Ross uses the owner to make – I mean, Steve Ross uses the head coach, and, and this is a little secret. If you make him popular, he likes you. And Mike McDaniel will make him popular. Uh yeah. If they if they succeed, yeah. Mm-hmm. If they go um, if they go eight, nine or seven and ten, and the and the offense takes a step back, the the Dolphins may stop being the flavor of the month. That's yeah. That's a, but okay. right now, sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, and speaking of the offense in 2024, we're going to get to our Tua conversation because that's what we do. I just want to say one thing related to the AFC and NFC title games because there's a the Dolphin twist here that I think is important to point out. And it deals with Dan Campbell's fourth down decisions and basically his comment of like, this is what we do. This is how we succeed in the regular season. This is what we're going to continue to do. I am of the very humble opinion that, woof, that was some bad game management. Uh, and I would hope, and I relate this to the Dolphins because Mike McDaniel's ammo was also to go for the gusto pretty much all the time. I would hope that Mike McDaniel facing a similar situation would have the wisdom to not go analytics, okay, 24-10, 46 yard field goal to make it a three-score game, 27-10, or it's fourth and five, sorry. Or do I go for the first down? Analytics say, oops, there's a 2% better chance of game win probability, so let's go for it. And to me, it boggles the mind how you do not go for the three-score lead on top of matching what San Francisco just did with a five-minute drive that only got them three points, you had the ball for four minutes. Get back their three points that they just got. Get yourself the three-score lead. I don't know. To me, it was. I had more of an issue with the the not tie, going for the tie late in the game like that. I, everybody keeps bringing up that one. I had more of an issue. You go for the tie. I understand his thought process. Again, I'll give you mine, man. When you're done, go ahead. I understand his thought process, but I'm sorry. Uh, that could have been the difference in the game right there. You you have one, you, you get the tie, you have one good defensive stop, and then, or, or, or did you just not feel like your defense could stop them? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't support either of the calls. However, I understood the first half call a lot better than I understood the second half call. No, it was third quarter, it wasn't second half. The one that would have made it 27 10 was halfway through the third quarter which makes it to me even more egregious that you got a quarter and a half left. Get yourself your three-score three, three lead. Um, as for as the other one, I didn't have quite as much of an issue with it because you're, you're attempting a 48-yard field goal, just, just a tie. Which means Frisco's going to get the ball back even if you make it in a, in a tie game. Whereas if you go for it and you get it, then you're putting yourself in the position to go score a touchdown and then you take the lead. So that one, and then calling a running play uh, on third and goal from the one yard line with when with a minute left when you need to save your timeouts. And then, and then David Montgomery gets stoned for a two yard loss. Call your timeout basically comes on, okay, you got to recover the onside kick or you lose. And we all know in today's NFL, there's no such thing. It's happened once an expected onside kick, I think, has been recovered. Yeah, the once. player had his hand on the ball, just wasn't able to corral it in. He was before the, the 10 yard marker, though. They got flagged on the play, so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Um, so anyway, so my point is, the, the whole point of all of this is Mike McDaniel who likes to go for the gusto all the time. Please, if you get in that kind of situation in the third quarter of 24-10, kick the field goal. That's just Don't tell Mike McDaniel how to coach his team. No, I'm, I'm asking him very politely. <laughs> please, pretty well, please, with sugar on top. Well, let's get to a another polite conversation now oh, that yeah, sure. about to have for us. Um, here, this is this is triggered by Greg Jennings's um, basically uh, a diatribe on Friday leading up into the NFL games. Uh, NFL Network put up Greg Greg's Greg Jennings's QB ranking, um, which I really didn't have an issue with it. Um, really, it just ranked the top 16 quarterbacks um, and Tua Tonga Valoa was excluded from that list. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Which, hey, okay, no argument. If that's your list, that's your list. You're, you're a wide receiver. You know what you want your quarterbacks to look like. If that's your list, that's your list. Patrick Mahomes was one. Joe Burrow was number two. Lamar, number three. CJ Stroud was number four. That was my first issue with the list. Um, a little high for a guy who's done it for one season. Yeah, um, Josh Allen was number five. Come on, you can. Are you going to argue that CJ Stroud is better than Josh Allen? No. No. Okay. Then Dak Prescott was number six. I have no issue with Dak Prescott being number six. I can make the argument that Dak is about to probably become the highest paid quarterback in the NFL again. That's irrelevant. Uh, but I, I mean, money. The discussion. Okay. The, the, the clutch factor I, I, re, I wish with, with Prescott would be a little higher. Okay. Then he's got Herbert at number seven, which I think is slightly high for a guy who does not have the it factor. Alan Popard is going to silence himself, fearing the uh, but, attack. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say, if you have no problem with Dak Prescott, who, who by your definition does not have the it factor, because clutch is your definition of it. Dak doesn't have it any more than than Herbert. So you're you're correct. I think Greg Jennings' list is basically based on arm strength. Just my personal opinion. Um, and I know how quarterbacks think, and they really couldn't care less about anything except how good can the quarterback throw the ball. Um, Jared Goff was number eight, and I don't. And Stafford was number nine. Depending on what you want to view or how you want to stack up your list or whether you want to say it's about upside, future potential, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers, his former quarterback, was number 10. I have no issue with that, actually, Um, because the last I checked before Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets, he was a two-time MVP recently in his, like, 40s. Um, Then we get to number 11, which features Kirk Cousins. And I will argue to you, I am a Kirk Cousins fan. I will argue to you, Kirk Cousins is about to challenge to reset the quarterback market again um he is an unrestricted free agent um he has been the best businessman in the nfl for the last decade um and how he does business and the first quarterback in nfl history that was a free agent that had a guaranteed fully guaranteed contract others have followed suit but and it all starts with the quarterback so don't sleep on kirk cousins um so we will find out exactly how high Kirk Cousins ranks based on what he's offered and the deal that he signs with his new team. And there are a lot of quarterback starving teams. I think Pittsburgh will be a great home for Kirk Cousins um, to, to, to finish out his career. Um, then you get to Jalen Hurts at 12. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, then, then we go to, we go to three guys that really where I have the issue mostly with the list. And this is where the list falls apart for me. Um, where Jordan Love at 13 after half of a good season, uh, Trevor Lawrence, who I would argue at 14, all tools hasn't done squat. Um, and Kyler Murray, who, if you put Kyler Murray as a free agent, put him on the trade block right now, I'm pretty sure there would be a very limited amount of teams that would be interested, just like there would be with Tua Tonga Valoa. 
So no, not, I'm not fighting anybody regarding that. Um, and then at number 16, which is what I found quite disrespectful about okay. his list, he's got the Super Bowl quarterback, Brock Purdy, at number 16. And I argue and have said, I'm a Brock Purdy fan, have been since last year. I'm not caping for him because he took a quarterback to the Super Bowl. I do not believe he is a system quarterback. He delivered a fourth quarter victory against the against the Green Bay Packers. Nobody put any respect on that. And he had some very clutch plays in that playoff win against against the Lions. That scrambling, what? Well, you think? No, no, I'm, I'm confused. You think he should be higher? Oh, absolutely, no well, question. He should be higher. He's a top rated quarterback in the NFL. He's 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 led. Nick, oh. Nick Foles. I mean, Nick Foles, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, come on. Stop, stop. We're gonna stop. go again with the passer rating, please. Efficiency is efficiency, sir. Is it no, not? No, no. Okay. Passer rating is strictly the the pass and the result. Nothing, nothing about what happens around receiver being open, pass protection, nothing like that. It's strictly, purely. And again, this is a, this is stats without context. Just like the analytics who say go forward on fourth and five when you're up twenty four ten. Here's my here's how I put my tiers together when I when when I sat and I I I I computed my quarterbacks. Um, I have the tier ones, which to me are the elite quarterbacks. These are the guys where in the final three minutes they're giving the ball they got they're trailing by four and they got two timeouts you should be shaking in your boots that these four quarterbacks are absolutely going to cut your throat okay. um patrick mahomes lamar jackson i know it didn't end well for him i mean timing for that bad woof the timing for that bad. I, I, uh, come on but you know lamar's lamar's a special player he's a special talent yes he, he didn't he didn't have a good game they had no. a horrible game plan and they made stupid mistakes all game uh josh allen joe burrow um who basically too has been more healthy than joe burrow's entire career yeah. he do really is that yeah and and Joe Burrow happens to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And then we've got Aaron Rodgers. I am putting the yeah, old. That wasn't four. That was five. Yeah. I, did I say I had four? You said you had four. It's okay. Okay. I do have five. Um, Joe and Aaron Rodgers. I put Aaron Rodgers in the elite category because he's still a scary man. And when he's healthy, he's crazy, but he's still scary. Um so those are my four, my 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 five top tier. You're right, I did say four. My five top tier quarterbacks. Um, who are your top tier quarterbacks? Well, I went different than you, and I have a lot more than you. Um, I went big group because we have 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, and I gave a tier to every one of them. I actually have 10 in my in my tier one, and it's not strictly about last four minutes of a game. It's basically the season starts, and I feel damn good. I have no questions about my quarterback. Okay. Uh, not necessarily. And then Patrick Mahomes is clearly at the top. Not necessarily in any other order because I don't want to rank him. But in my t tier one, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, uh, and again, obviously, this is where somebody's going to say, "Well, dude, he played four snaps last year." We we understand that. This is assuming he stays healthy, and because you could apply to that to anybody, Lamar Jackson, regardless of the fact that his playoff record is not impressive, he's still going to have two MVPs and six NFL seasons. Is still two MVPs in, in six seasons. Joe Burrow, Commander Clutch. There's nobody who touches him in terms of clutch. Trevor Lawrence. Yes, I think a lot more of Trevor Lawrence. And you, he had, and I will say this, he did not have a good year last year. Again, everything also is, is not strictly 
when we look at this is where I, I object to your passer rating is like put Trevor Lawrence on the 49ers last year and see if he has the same kind of crap year he had. I'm going to tell you no. They had weapons in Jacksonville now. They didn't have re- receivers. They didn't have the weapons anywhere near what San Francisco has. Um, okay. I said what I said. And and and, and you're going you go you would endorse giving Trevor Lawrence a a two hundred and thirty million dollar contract, which is the position that Jacksonville is probably going to be. You, you, I don't think they're going. I don't think they're going to hesitate for a millisecond. Oh uh, yeah, mean, that's, their, that's their guy. So you don't hesitate, but you hesitate with Tua, even though Trevor Lawrence has delivered one playoff win. Yes. Only because he's delivered one playoff win. No, because I because my eyes tell me that's a quarterback. Oh, because yeah. you're love you're loving the arm. No, yeah. you, you would have to. They, they, they are, this is Omar stirring the crap. I'm just asking you a question. You're okay. And you're I'm, not I okay am with- my, I'm answering my question, and you're arguing my answer. I am no, that's not all there is to it. Okay, I think Trevor, and also understand Trevor. Trevor Lawrence ended the season after basically suffering an ankle injury that would have sidelined some some people. Uh, oh, we're now we're using injury excuses. Okay, miss, all right. He missed a game. Okay, and now we're using uh, injury excuses. We're, we're we're bringing in. Injury. And I feel like it, but he did play. He did play, and it, his play wasn't good enough. But I have at, to at least you admit when you feel like it, it's okay. All right, no problem. Let's go. But, no, but then then I'm saying that no, it was actually it was not an excuse. He didn't play well last year. But I happen to think that that if they get things settled a little bit around them, he's gonna he's gonna ball out because that's what I see in him. And again, this is my list. You know, feel free no, to tell no me. No hurts? No hurts in there? I'm not, I'm not done yet. No, okay. I, don't have, I don't have hurts in tier one. Mahomes, yes, I have Justin Herbert in tier one. Um, of yeah, of course I do. Uh, and I have Matthew Stafford in, in tier one. Um, but I have tier one and a half. Those are guys who are like this close from being put in there. And that would include CJ Stroud, Jordan Love, and Brock Purdy. Uh and 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 Brock Purdy and you put them all above Tua Tagovailoa, correct? Yes, clearly. Clearly, based on proven track record, ability, wins, all of the uh, above. Most, all of the above. Most importantly, my eyes. Oh, okay. Because we're not going to because they all have the sensational arm that you absolutely nope. need to fall nope. in love. Nope, nope. I'm going to use. I'm going to use three. Since you love stats, I'm going to use the, the three metrics where Tua really comes up way short. Okay. Fourth uh, against winning teams, late game situations, and and when faced with pressure, which means basically, as I've said many many times, when things are ideal, no problem. The guy's a complete stud. How often are things completely ideal in the playoffs? Not or, not, or not in ever. game. Or in games against a contender in December. Okay, and that's why I can't. I, I can't argue against that because the 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 body of work is not there to defend right. it. Correct. Um, let Let's get into my tier twos, which are begin with Herbert. Um, Dak is in the tier two, I, as I said earlier. Um, Dak is a very good quarterback. Will he ever win the big game or or take the Dallas Cowboys to the Super Bowl? I don't know. But I do know that he's about to become one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, Brock Purdy, who I think is a phenomenal quarterback. He just took his team to the Super Bowl. He was clutch against the Green Bay Packers. I don't know what the issue is people have with him outside of the fact that 
he has a very talented team around him, but you know, I, I think a lot of people had a very talented team around him and, and, and couldn't take them to the promised land. Um, then I've got Stafford, Hertz, Cousins, and then pulling in the rear of my tier twos, I've got Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Stroud, and Carr. Tua, I didn't necessarily rank them in order, but Tua falls somewhere between quarterback number 11 and quarterback number 15. Whether you want to put him ahead of Cousins, Hertz, Lawrence, Stroud, Carr, that we we can have we could haggle and 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 debate that all day. Now, what I will say is because he is in the teens and the early teens, if you look at where the teens are in terms of quarterbacks and salary, outside of Kirk Cousins, who made $42 million at the final year of his deal with Minnesota. When Cousins hits the market, he will probably be in the Derek Carr neighborhood of a $35 million salary per year. Maybe, maybe a good mark, maybe a good agent gets it pushed to 40. If you've got multiple bidders, um, probably a three-year guaranteed deal for $120 million. I would argue to you that that is the neighborhood that Tua Tonga Valoa is in. Um, I am not. Go- I am a Tua fan. I am a Tua believer. But I've said this, and I do believe this. If you put him, if you said Tua, you know what? This isn't working out for us. We're gonna put you on the trade block, or we're gonna release you. I don't think there's a line building up for Tua. Um, I think there'll be one or two teams that are interested, maybe dome teams, and based on the body of work, his market would probably be somewhere in the 30 to $35 million a year realm. And actually the quarterback who I think very, his, his market intrigues me because it could potentially set to his market. There are two guys, Baker Mayfield, who will likely be an unrestricted free agent in Tampa. If they're not smart enough to franchise tag him. And I might franchise tag him if I were Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then Jordan Love, who did not get his fifth-year option but signed a one-year deal to extend him for $12 million for this upcoming season. Based on your performance, if you're Jordan Love, you're saying, uh, yeah, that $12 million, it ain't really going to do it for me. Um, let's get back to the table and revisit this contract. Um, and th- these are my Tier 3 quarterbacks. No. Baker Mayfield. No, I'm saying – you're the doing money, right now. money wise. And then there's another guy in there in terms of Russell Wilson, who's in my tier three. Okay. He's going to be dislodged from Denver. Denver is also going to be shopping for a quarterback. I don't think they would have much of an interest in Tua. But what is Russell Wilson going to get on an open market and where is he going to go? That to me sets the price point of where and what I'm kind of offering Tua. I have said I do put an offer on the table for a multi-year deal. I'm not sure money. Don't don't you shake your head. Um, I'm don't, absolutely going to shake my head. Go don't ahead. You shake your head. Um, you don't just throw away a good quarterback. You and you show him the love. You make sure he feels like he's loved and appreciated and respected. What I'm saying to you is, don't shake your head. I said, stop shaking shake your head. head. Don't tell no, me you're what not going to shake your head. No, no, you're not going to shake your head. Listen, you offer him the Kyler Murray deal. He's not going to accept the Kyler Murray deal. But you made a fair offer. If you choose to play for $23.2 million as opposed to getting $120 million guaranteed, that's on you. And 
Now, now, is this what you're predicting they're doing? Or is this what you would advise the Dolphins to do? That is what I would advise the Dolphins to do. And I do predict that they are going to Christian Wilkinson. And it was fair. When, when they made their offer to Christian Wilkins, it was fair. It was a fair deal. We both sat here and said, you can't pay Christian Wilkins like you're paying these, these pass rushers. Correct. And he bought that. And I'm going to Because he has not produced like them. And then he produced like them. And now you're like, oh, well, damn, we're going to have to pay him like those pass rushers. And I do agree with you from this standpoint. You have said, if he balls out, then that's a problem that you welcome. And you figure out a way to make it right. And, I, then, I, and then it answers the biggest question you have moving forward as to the sustainability of you being a contender, which is having a studded quarterback. If he answers the question affirmatively, which is why to me, under no circumstances, if I have any say in this, do you lock him up long term? And I hear and where that. you're coming from, but you you look at long term as if all five years of this two hundred. No, 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 no. I mean, no, no out for three years. Huh? What? No, no what? You do not have a, an out for three years. I think the Dolphins would be negligent. No, absolutely. I am saying offer him a deal with an out in three years. Offer him no, a deal. No, no, that's and and I'm saying that's too long. You will that that will have been now seven years. That's ridiculous. And this is what happened with Ryan Tannehill. Can we not agree that it was ridiculous the Dolphins hung on to Ryan Tannehill? But you never saw anything did. worth investing in in Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, the Dolphins it? did. Yeah, they uh, were wrong. And that, and, but you no, saw stuff worth investing in with Tua. Who has done what against good teams, late games, and when, when faced with pressure? No, I mean, no offense. Can I give my, my tears now? And no, I have, I'm like you. I have Tua near the bottom of my tier twos, which include Tua. I have Deshaun Watson. Um, oh, damn. Because I expect him to actually come back. And because before he was injured, he was starting to look a little bit like the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson. Um, Dak Prescott's in my tier two. Jalen Hurts is my tier two. I don't put him in anywhere near tier one because I'm, I'm not a huge fan of his as a passer. He's a guy, though, who because of the running element and, the, and those tush pushes that he converts all the time, that's a major added bonus. And not every quarterback can do it. And it's not just the offensive line. You have a quarterback who squats 600 pounds. That makes a difference. I have Jared Goff would be in my low uh, tier two. He's a guy, again, if everything's good around him, he'll deliver. Uh, I have Kirk Cousins as a tier two. I have Derek Carr as a lower tier two. Um, I have Baker Mayfield, who was, re I mean, who really, really, no, he balled out this year. I was really impressed with him. Tier two? Uh, lower tier two. Uh, and Adam Tua? Again, I'm, he's, he's in the, the bottom of tier two. He's, there's he's, there's kind of similar. Pick a quarterback. For 2024, if you give me a choice of two or, or Mayfield, I'm not so sure I don't go Mayfield. I'll be honest with you. I'm not so sure Why? I don't go Mayfield. Why? Because I have not I have not seen anything whatsoever to suggest that Tua will rise to the occasion when it's when it counts. And it, and we have we have four years of evidence. And if everybody everybody's gonna go back to well, in the first two years, coaches didn't like him, offensive schemes sucked, the wide suck. Well, okay, then what happened then? If we can't if we can't mention that, then we can't make mention the fact that he had a winning record at all because everything around him sucked. And you're not going to tell me it was all Tua that got that done. Um, and even in games like this, for example, like in big games, the first two years, even though and and by the way, this is this needs to be important. Since we're talking about quarterbacks, it's the most important position. 
Never once have I said I'm putting all the blame on Tua. It's not on all Tua. And when they lose, it's not on all, all on Tua. Just like when they win, I'll be the first to say, no, it's not all on Tua. But Understand you just don't that. see it. You don't see that killer. No, I, don't see, I absolutely do not see it. And like I said, if everything around them is, is working, functioning well, he'll absolutely ball out. But that does not happen down the stretch. Um, sorry if that bothers or offends people, but I'm just just being honest. All right. And and did you finish your tier two? Oh, I did. I, no, that one, that's the end of my tier two. You got right. a lot of tier twos there. You want to know my tier two, three? Two in your tier two, so he's in the teenies. He's in the teens, right? Uh, he would be anywhere between – I have 11 in my one and one plus, which includes the three young guys. Uh, so he would be between 11 and 19. To me, he'd be more like in this 15, 16 range, which right now is mid. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so to me, you do not lock up a guy who's mid for three more years, for three more years to make it seven when he hasn't, he has yet. There to are a lot of teams teams. locking up mid guys. I'm just being honest with you. A lot of teams are locking up mid the eyes. I'll ask the New York Giants if they they could have a redo with Daniel Jones, whether they would do it. Mm, ain't that something? Um, I I'm curious what your tier four looks like. Well, my tier three is Russell Wilson, Sam Howell. I don't even know why I have him tier tier three. Justin Fields because there's something there, but he hasn't done it yet. And Kyler Murray and Geno Smith are my tier three. And your tier fours are the leftovers. Uh, Mac yeah. Jones, Kenny Pickett, Aiden O'Connell. The all, all the quarterbacks that should be getting replaced this year. Daniel Jones, Desmond Ritter, and De uh, Bryce Young, even though I may give an incomplete. Because I have an incomplete on Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. I will tell you this. I, I do think both of those are going to be really good quarterbacks. I saw enough where. Levis, like, that arm. Yeah, I know I know how you like that big arm. Not mm. only that, he's got – it's not just the arm. He's got moxie. Okay, you like don't don't act like you don't like that big arm. Mm, don't, don't act like you don't like that big arm. <laughs> I love the big arm. Uh, <laughs> um, Danny, my tier four, my tier four. I mean, these are all guys that are just. Where's Geno Smith on your list? He's three. No, yeah, three. He's a tier three. Okay, yeah, my tier four are just guys. Um, David, D David, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Will Levis. He's not starting. Oh, okay, you got to. I, I mean, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna offer Tanhill a ten million dollar a year deal, and he's gonna sit for a, for a minute for as a backup, and then he's gonna replace some starter in Indianapolis or Pittsburgh or something. Um, he, he he can do enough, which is you know it'll be interesting to see if he does get recycled, but then there are guys like Sam Howell, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Aiden O'Connell that I, I, I don't, even, I don't even know if I, yeah, I did include Mac Jones. Replace him. Just, just replace him. I'm, I'm pretty sure Ryan Tannehill can go out there and beat, beat out Mac Jones. If it's a fair competition, um, just, just replace him. Um, so that, that is how we, we, so we both have to a ranked, in the teens, he's not a top 10 quarterback. I have him a little higher on my list, approaching the top 10. Um, and Poupard has him a little closer to right, right to right down the middle, basically. If, if we had to, to 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 round up or round down, Poupard's going down, I'm going up. 
but no, no, I'm rounding out to where I have him is about mid. Okay, and you said about sixteen, so you put him fifteen. That's the middle of the pack. Okay. Oh, okay, middle of the pack, but he's closer to the twenties than he is to the tens. Except, yeah, except sixteen or 30, 32 teams, so it's right there. He's the sixteenth okay. best quarterback in the NFL, according to Alan Papar. Around around that neighborhood. Around that neighborhood. Well, we will be here at alldolphins.com. You know how we do it in terms of our material. It's all for free. If you want to find out the latest on your defensive coordinator vacancy and the comings and goings of NFL assistance, uh, the Miami Dolphins are at the Senior Bowl this week. So it'll be interesting to see what stories percolate and pop up from there. I don't know. Uh, somebody showed a picture on Instagram of Mike McDaniel with his daughter, like getting on a flight. I have no idea where they were headed to. I'm hoping it was vacation because I don't think you would take your daughter to Mobile, Alabama. But yeah, um, it, it'll be interesting to see where where this organization is. Um, we got a whole big offseason and it will really start popping off after the Super Bowl, which is in two weeks. But right now, you know how all Dolphins is. We will be here every single day feeding you the Dolphins talk and podcast that you need. Once again, it's all free, alldolphins.com. No paywall, no subscription, no newsletter. All you got to do is type it in, click it, and you're there. Um, and you get all the material for free. We will be back tomorrow, and we're working on some podcast collabs. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Pupard, give them your hat tip. The, the obligatory hat tip. All right. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.